Hey, y'all. Before we start, I have a really exciting announcement. Um, we are, as part of our grand entrance to the Doof Network, really excited to host our first fan art contest. This is in collaboration with Pale Reflections. Um, we've decided to name our grand endeavor Pale Complexions. Find out the details of this contest. You can go to our website at doofmedia.com and we'll link to the post explaining everything in our notes. In addition, we're excited to announce the theme of this contest, siblings. We figured that Jed and I as siblings and Blake and Rose as siblings and all the siblings in Pale just really make this an appropriate theme. So please, please, please get those submissions in. Our due date is Friday, July 30th, 2021. We are super excited. We really look forward to seeing what y'all come up with. Okay, here's the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pact, Wildbow's least appreciated work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Breach, chapters 3.1 and 3.2. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know where the Kenneteers get their glamour from and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read Pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers to the chapters we are covering. Woohoo! We're starting a new arc! Woo woo woo! Yay! All right, so we start. <laughs> we're going to start this just by um, going over what does breach mean? Well, the, the first thing I was like, haha, it's law, but I'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> When I think of breach, I think of like busting through a wall, like we're breaking in, like we're getting through, like they've breached the perimeter, like blah. Um, and so it makes me think the house is going to be breached. <laughs> it makes yeah. sense. It's also a thing whales do. That's right? the first thing I thought of. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It's the third thing I thought of. Um, oh, well, but see where your is... mind's at. Yeah. Not on whales, apparently. No, tragically. <laughs> um, it's okay. So I haven't learned about whales in a while, but I feel like last time I learned about whales, which was like 10 to 15 years ago, it was like, we don't know why whales breach exactly. It's like, is it fun? Is it to get barnacles off? Is it to like attract people? Is it like all of those things? Is it none of those things? Um, but like, it's really cool and mm -hmm. really fun and like really nuts what a whale does when like pretty close to you. Yeah. No, for real, guys. And if that's never, if you've never experienced that, you should get the Pokemon Snap game and maybe it'll happen to you. <laughs> really? That's the, that's the thing you're going to say? Not like, oh, well, like, not everyone can like go to Hawaii or like, well, I know, but you can at least look up a video of an actual whale breaching. <laughs> and it's not as cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're so weird. Fine. Go on Pokemon Snap and I guess see it. Like, I don't think I've gotten to. The, that part yet so it's pretty dramatic or maybe um, i have but like i feel like the what the i don't know the part i could think of is like whalmer or whatever busting through the surface but it wasn't quite a, what i'd call a breach 
was totally a breach. Will are just like fucking. Yeah, but it's like I don't know. And then he just stays there, and you're like, should I take eighteen pictures of the side? Come straight up, though. It's not like as dramatic as an actual breach. Okay, fine. There Um, you go. Google Snap is not as good as real life. Which is something that pains me to say. Okay. I mean, Pokemon Sap is pretty great, but <laughs> but yeah, just Google Google whale breaching, see what it looks like. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I so mean, like, because... Oh. oh, I'm sorry. I just had a thought. Just like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's why I'm asking, why do people take jumping pictures? You know? It's obviously not for the same thing as that. The gram. For the gram. That's what we do secretly gram? don't know. They've got... <laughs> The they've got the C gram, <laughs> which is a booze, I guess, but it's also a <laughs> social media for marine life. So, um, the more you know, that's oh, worth it. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is this podcast is and this book is all about law. So, um, this is also about contracts. Um, <laughs> so hmm. you reach a contract when, um, you violate the terms of that contract. Um, and there's often like parts of a contract that define like what a breach could be and also what happens. Um, so we might've talked about this before, but like contracts aren't supposed to be punitive. We want people to breach contracts if it's in their best e- like economic interest, because presumably when you breach a contract, you then have to pay. Um, and so if it's worth it to you to pay the person like whatever they're owed kind of and still do the other thing that is a breach of the contract like economically we we want you to do that because reasons which is kind of weird but it was kind of like aha the law (laughs) (laughs) it's all around us um (laughs) it's not a great sign in this universe because like breaking contracts isn't something we want people to do in this universe at all. So it's kind of scary thinking about like, I mean, either somebody's going to break into the house or somebody's going to get Rose in the mirror world or somebody's going to violate a contract or they're going to go to the beach and be like, fuck this. Um, And only one of those things sounds good. (laughs) Do you think where the story is going, they're going to see a whale? No. <laughs> okay. Just I, hope, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's a demon whale? Fuck. <laughs> oh my god, what if it's Moby Dick? They're gonna find Moby Dick. They're gonna find Moby Dick who's an asshole in real life and be like, I see why you're called that. And they're gonna be like, Well shit. I think he like they call him like the white devil or something. My yeah. boyfriend really wants me to read Moby Dick and I probably never will. I'm sorry, Ben, but you might I don't know. You're gonna get over it. I read I never read Moby Dick. I did read a book based on like the actual story of Moby Dick. What was that called? The actual story of Moby Dick? Yeah, because Moby Dick was based on a true story. What let me see what was what was that called just so I can give a book recommendation because that was actually pretty good. Um what the heck? I think it was in the heart of the sea, mm-hmm. which um, pretty damn good book. Hmm. Yeah, kind of depressing, but very yeah. good book. 
Cool. All right. We're going to move on to our actual chapter. Woo! Um, <laughs> so, um, quick chapter summary. Um, basically, Blake catches another ghost. Then Blake and Rose meet with Briar, Briar Girl and attempt negotiations with some success. Blake then uses glamour to disguise his appearance and chat with Maggie. So we'll start with Blake goes after another echo. Yay. Yeah, this really threw me off. I was like, why are you telling someone what their name is? And like, what the fuck? And like, I was just like, I don't know what's going on. And then it, like, your name is Leonard Harlan has big. His name was Robert Paulson energy. Hopefully we're not going to go fight club, but maybe we will. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was neat seeing Blake, like his practice skills are getting better. He has like the fire and the salt and the chain. Like, you know, it's it's not just like, oh, fuck, what am I doing? It's kind of like, oh, here's some stuff. Like he's, he's learning. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's sad that like the chain and the fire might be kind of about Maggie or whatever, but that is a good precaution um, and could really help with like whatever the fuck is out there. But it sucks that he's failed to summon three echoes after trying maybe he didn't try three times each but it seems like maybe he did and so then after nine failures he's able to do it which was really surprising because like the rule of three and all that crap Mm -hmm. um i don't really know what this says about things and the rule of three and whatever but it worked Woo! yeah might just say hold on i'm just double checking for some reason i thought this was the third time Oh, it was like, Leonard. we're zero for three, Blake. But this was supposed to be the third time. And I think this, like... So I think two times he failed, the third time he got it. Oh, with Leonard? I believe so. Which is good, because that would have extra, extra sucked. Yeah. And Rose is like, there isn't much tying Leonard now. Maybe he's gone. Um, we're zero for three, Blake. One ghost that's apparently the slave to someone else. Another that got swallowed up by Johanna's domain. And now another no-show. But then he showed up. Right. I think maybe I was thinking of the fact that like, like he says, your name is Leonard Harlan. Come. And then you made a mistake, Leonard, blah, blah, blah. And then I summon you, Leonard. I know who you are. And then Rose is like, you know, it would be a long shot kind of a thing. And so I think I interpreted it as like he called three times and he didn't come. And this was the third ghost he had tried. But maybe I see the second one wasn't a real call and it's fine. Yeah, that or I just misinterpreted it. But yeah, no, you're right. I think that this definitely is the third, like Leonard's the third ghost he's trying. Mm-hmm. And that makes me feel a little better. Yeah, I suppose. Yay. Yeah. Okay. I feel like Blake's descent into, I don't even know what has been faster than I anticipated. He's not eating. He's not really sleeping. He's in super bad shape he also keeps like lying on accident because he literally is like i'll eat a few meal in just a few minutes and then later he's like oh i'm gonna do this and then this and then eat a meal and like you don't like stop fucking saying i plan to or like like start saying like i plan to do this or i want to do this or like yeah i will eat a meal today i mean even that maybe he shouldn't say at this point because like he's losing it um <laughs> yeah especially a full meal like if he's in just a few oh, minutes like <laughs> yeah like you have a full meal like ready right there like you're carrying around a bunch of like i don't know the hot pockets in your in your bag or even to be a full meal that's a lot of hot pockets <laughs> and 
And I mean, I don't want Rose to like make their relationship worse or whatever. And if she's like, will you, Blake? Will you eat a full meal? Like, that's not going to help anything. But also someone should maybe point out like, hey, Blake. Like, I wish she remembered that so that when they go inside, she could say, hey, remember you said this thing? Like, fucking go do it. Yeah. Um, go do it, you mofo. It's really interesting watching Blake use glamour this way. Mm-hmm. S- like, mashing it up in a thing with like, does he use iron to mash it up? In like a mortar and pestle thing? He uses... This is a mortar and pestle. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, it's because it's it's he puts it in a small iron pot and then mushes it up with like melted snow. That just seems and some herbs. Weird. I mean, it's just really like I guess he doesn't know what to do, and it's really interesting seeing him like try to teach himself and try to be like, "Okay, like let's make a potion thing. Like this is how you do magic." And it like works, but I wonder if the iron like fucked with it somehow. And yeah, like the snow and all the stuff because like winter, Mm. but then I mean, he didn't use silver. I don't know. I just, it was real interesting watching him like make this fucking paste with glamour. It's just like, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, It's nice that Briar Girl later is just like, uh, don't do that. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and it's nice that he has something, even though his whole like, I'm going to tie this around my my hand so it's super fucking uncomfortable and like cuts into my skin and I'm just like what the fuck like wear a necklace like what are you doing like I mean is it like (laughs) he doesn't want to forget he has it or he doesn't want to like misplace it or he doesn't want someone to like take it off of him or whatever and like sure but like what the fuck (laughs) yeah this is not healthy I don't know I mm -mm. yeah I mean, you could argue that pretty much nothing in the story for Blake has been healthy so far. Yeah, Rose is okay. Yeah, but I mean, is it? Do you think that her, you know, I, if none of this had happened, he was still in his apartment. You know, like I feel like that would probably be healthier for him overall. Yeah, sure. Rose as the mechanism that got him into this mess sucks, but it's better that he has Rose in this situation than not have Rose in this situation. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Although, I guess presumably that second one's not really possible, so that's a bummer. Oh, this is sad. I'm sad. Don't be sad, because we're going to talk about Leonard's story. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, fucking depressing. And this one sucks, like... I mean, June was, like, her last moments in life or whatever, and that's also sad, But this one is like, because sometimes it's like, oh, you know, we see echoes in Pale often that like the humans that those echoes came from change and, you know, their lives get better and they move on. Like Edith, whose first spirit's name I can't remember right now, and different things like that. But this one, it's like, oh, like Leonard's baby died and he blamed himself because he was trying really hard, but chemicals are scary and dangerous and his baby Mm -hmm. died and he blamed himself for the rest of his fucking life he never fucking spoke again like i just like ah, that's so tragic it's so horrible 
And Leonard's or Blake's. Well, first Blake calls him a murderer, and then is like, "I can't call you a murderer because it's not true." And then like, Blake, why did you fucking do it? But I guess you need this thing. But also, stop lying. Anyway, I mean, he's did he he said murderer, right? Or he said murderer, and then he was yeah. like, "I can't like I know you want me to call you all these bad things, but I can't because like so instead I'll just say the truth." And I like that he like Blake is like, "You are not these bad things," you know, because. And like, but he also has to like validate the echo's bad thoughts about itself because otherwise it'll disappear. <laughs> it's so sad. Um, but I hope, I hope Leonard and June can be friends. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but like, sad, <laughs> awful friends. Leonard. I don't know. <laughs> this all sucks. <laughs> Maybe if, since they're bound, they can like be happier and not disappear. <laughs> well, maybe, uh, but Leonard's it. echo can't really be happier or I feel like it's going to disappear anyway, right? So Yeah. Well, same with yeah, June. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it sucks that we end at the end of 3.2 cuz Rose is obvi- Rose is obviously something is happening and she seems to know what's happening and she's just like of like what if the tables are turned and blah and like what if and she just like doesn't explain it and then at the end of the chapter it's like bam maybe I'll explain it anyway (laughs) now I just have to sit here and be like I it's it's frustrating because I feel like I should maybe be able to figure it out and Wildbo's gonna be like here's this thing that makes complete and total sense based on the world that I've developed and like logic and like tropes in the universe and I'm gonna be like fuck yeah because with everything that he writes it's always really obvious and easy to (laughs) figure out right (laughs) no it's not but when you hear it it's like oh that makes so much sense and is so good Mm -hmm. yeah and so i feel like my super knowledge of pale should help me figure out why and if and how rose is like leeching blake and i mean i think it's just like that's her job that grandma was like Hmm. but but this also somewhat maybe depends on blake like using his blood to do magic (laughs) i don't know this is really random. If I I had I have, it reminded me of something. You can either cut this or potentially move this to the end of the episode. Well, because it does not apply to anything we're saying, but it just reminded me of this. Okay. I had a really weird dream last <laughs> night. Specifically, I don't even remember if, but I was taking a law class. Oh. because of reasons. Um Wild Bo is in my class. <laughs> um I don't know what he looks like, obviously. And he actually, like, changed, like, twice. Like, the first time he was, like, some, like, New Zealander, like, uh, (laughs) like, Maori guy. Um, (laughs) And then he changed into, like, this, like, random white dude. Um, And he was being really nice because I was, like, stressed because I was, like, I haven't studied at all. And, like, the test is in, like, half an hour. And I was trying (laughs) to find my law textbook. And I couldn't find the fucking law textbook because, like, I think I was... I don't know, for some reason I was at home and mom like was going through my junk and she like was like, oh, you didn't need that, did you? I think I threw that away. (laughs) And he was trying to help me like study stuff. And he was like, gave me, he was like, okay, well, can you tell me the definition of this? And I was like, one that was supposed to be really easy, obviously. And I was like, oh crap, I don't know what it is. He's like, it's okay. It's this. And well, can can you look look up this definition? Because I don't know what that is. And he's like trying to make me feel better, be really nice about it, which was very sweet. Um, And then I dreamt that like a bunch of us just went to take like a class picture, I guess, before this test, like 
at this law, this random law class. Yeah, it wasn't even law school. It was just a random law class <laughs> that I don't know why I had to take it, but I was really stressed out. Um, so thank you, Wild Bo, for helping me um, <laughs> to learn a couple definitions before my test that I wasn't prepared for. So my dream. Like a really nice person. He does. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a weird dream. So you can choose to cut that or keep that if you'd like. But no, I love it. I just yeah felt like you'd appreciate it since it was law school and you know and wild bow and wild bow in fact i remember the definition he said which i'm pretty sure is not like a law term or anything it was like capra what yeah i think <laughs> if I, my, my brain just like made up a word and was like here like capra what That's does capra this. mean i'm like i don't freaking know yeah so I love there it. you go Anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Shout out to Leonard being a part of the family. It's like even more tragic and makes sense that he's like somehow a Thorburn. I thought it just meant welcome back to the family because it's like, like Rose. Rose had um, already used you. Yeah. <laughs> that would make sense. That's what I took that as. Um, it, yeah. But I mean, it wouldn't be that much of a stretch, to be honest. Just from He's part of the family now. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how I took that at least. But all right. Well, next, um, Blake and Rose talk about Blake's tattoos and how it's starting to look a little different. Um, they end up making more promises to each other. It seems like Blake's like becoming a hollow for like Rose to fill, maybe. Hmm. He's like losing. I mean, based on what they seem to be guessing, he's like draining capital S self partially because of using blood, partially because he's not eating or sleeping. You know, he's in a strange place. He's surrounded by things he hates. And so he's like not exactly fading. He's like bleaching. Um, mm hmm. And there's a lot of, like, stuff that is scary and, like, it's like, oh, the glamour is working too well. And, like, oh, like, maybe you're, you're being possessed by something slash maybe I'm possessing you. I mean, it, it reminds me of, like, Edith and Matthew, I guess, where, like, Edith is like, I would fill him up, like, his spaces and his holes. Like, I would possess him. And maybe yeah. Rose is doing, like, or could potentially do a similar thing. Mm -hmm. Um. And this this interaction was really interesting because it was just like, okay, Blake starts out so drained and low. And then at the end, he's like, oh, Rose has less energy now and I'm more invigorated. Like, there's definitely a connection between them. It seems like Blake asserting himself and maybe like making oaths gets him more power um, and like imbalances their, their balance. Um, something about maybe like, his karma gets stronger, but then when he like lies and his karma gets weaker, Rose gets stronger. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like this is not what you mean, but it just kind of made me laugh a little bit. Cause I'm like, yeah, the more oaths he makes, like the more like just reckless decisions and like <laughs> things he makes. I mean, it makes sense. Like but... honestly, kinda. Mm -hmm. um, I mean like Blake's capital S self seems to like love the reckless decision and I mean, it's it's really risky and really challenging and like not 
a good idea necessarily because like not eating is a reckless decision, um, but that's hurting his self. Right. And like a lot of this shit isn't guaranteed going to help, but we saw at the beginning of the story that Blake acts and Rose like ponders or like questions. Mm -hmm. Um, It was interesting where like you could see how Blake used to be maybe when you look at Rose, because Blake is like later when he's, or when she's like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, why are we going? Like, why are you doing this? And he's like, well, you want to like play it safe and do all this stuff and think things through logically. Right. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, well, me too. Like, fuck you. (laughs) Like, it's like Blake learned to be this way in the, like when he was homeless and everything. And when he had to like fight, and protect himself and do all these things and like these are the things that have like saved him and again like Mm -hmm. this doesn't feel sustainable but on the other hand like this does seem to be somewhat rejuvenating himself or his self in the same way that like Verona playing around with random practice shit seems to like be rejuvenating to her like Blake yeah doing this I don't know god it sucks um yeah Oh, and then I I wrote a funny thing, sort of. Um, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> wrote, I'm not sure that the brighter tattoos are because his skin is paling in comparison. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, call back like, to it, the title. It wasn't it wasn't intentional, but then I couldn't think of another way to describe it. I was like, okay. So, <laughs> uh, but I, it's great. I don't know. It seems like there's like. He's fading, but then why aren't his tattoos fading? Like, his tattoos are part of him. It seems like they should also fade. I also don't understand why he kept the tattoos when he, like, disguised himself. I mean, I guess he wore, like, a jacket or some shit, but it's kind of like, that seems like a fucking huge giveaway. At least I thought he did. I feel like, uh, this is kind of jumping ahead, but remember how, like, Briar Girl was kind of talking to him and saying that, like, you need, like, a tell tell of some kind? Yeah, that confused me. (laughs) Do you want to wait till we get to that section and then we can talk about that or like sure. okay i just like that to me was good co- i don't know if it should be but it felt like completely new information like glamour i feel like we learned a lot of things that i haven't really known about glamour but on the mm-hmm. flip side like blake hasn't learned a bunch of shit that he really needs to learn about glamour but yeah we can talk about it later okay um i was thinking that could be a good pale comparison part that's a good point but yeah, I don't love, like, Blake is becoming one of my favorite, like, well, but protagonists and just, like, protagonists in general. I love how, like, kind and forgiving and, like, determined and persistent and, like, righteous he is. Um, He's, like, very compassionate, but also very, like, principled. And I don't like this, like, decline. And I'm like, wow, it's only arc three. You're going to lose it. Because I don't love how he's, like, really angry and, like, lashing out at Rose. But then Rose also, like, can't just say, like, yeah, Blake, you know, I'm not fucking you over. <laughs> like, like, and I mean, it's smart. Yeah. She's like, she might be and she's not sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I wish she was a little bit quicker on the good and reassuring phrasing and a little less defensive. Like, I think they need to, like, give and take a little bit. Like, they're both, like, completely stripped down to, like, like, very vulnerable, very just, like, exhausted and drained but this felt like a moment where Rose needed to like give a little bit more 
And then maybe when she's like freaking out, you know, then Blake could give a little bit more. I mean, I like how Blake is like doubles down on his promise and is like, I will fucking help you, Rose. Yeah. Like he's he's thinking about her, but I don't like how he's just like, ah. And then him being like, oh, I'm going to die maybe. And if I die, like tell my friends. And like Rose just like really like feels from and connects with him in that moment because it's just like one of the best, you know, one of the really good things about Blake. And then it was interesting because he was like, oh, like being absorbed by Rose or whatever will be better than dying because like at the very least like Rose will remember me and it was just like Grandma Rose, Grandma Rose like her whole thing with Minnie was like the idea that I would be forgotten is so horrifying Mm -hmm. and I was just like that's really interesting that that is something you both care about Um, yeah that's true it is a scary thought to like because if you're forgotten you're pretty much erased from like the world you know yeah I mean I guess the way I look at it like if you believe in an afterlife, right, then, like, even if people forget you in, like, the living world, mm-hmm. like, you won't be forgotten, assuming that there are other, like, conscience- conscious consciences that can, like, sense you or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And if there isn't an afterlife, like, if you just cease to exist, like, it will not matter to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I, I like I, I reson- like legacy and different things like resonate with me. Um, there are certain concepts that are interesting, and like the whole Hamilton, like who lives, who dies, who tells your story. I keep forgetting that you and mom haven't seen this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know we need to step it up. There, but. it's good. Um, but like those are concepts that like resonate with me somewhat. But like ultimately, if you are dead and you no longer exist, like who fucking cares? Like it can't like it cannot affect you anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you still exist, like, unless the afterlife is like a completely isolated hellscape where no one can have any contact with anyone else and you forget everything, people will remember you. Because like the other dead people will remember you. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Blake, I don't know if he really seems like the kind of guy to believe in an afterlife or not sure grandma rose (laughs) i think grandma rose was like yes i'm going to hell like (laughs) yeah yeah i mean Uh, bummer (laughs) (sighs) Uh, happens with you fuck with the d too much all right well our next part um is he decides to call for Briar girl and begins nego- negotiations. Yay! Woo! If I remember correctly, I was right. <laughs> um, I think I called that he was going to talk to her this arc. Um, so that was exciting. I think so. So good yeah. job. Woo! It was also pretty hilarious where he was like, "I'd like a promise of protection." You know, he's like trying. He's doing the practitioner thing, and Briar girl's just like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> like, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really exciting yeah that was kind of funny and it was funny because he was they were rose was trying to explain how it feels like blake is and they used the metaphor of being lost as a little child or whatever but when he's like am i lost i was like nope <laughs> you are not lost like um i assume they don't have lost in the paths and stuff in this story it seems like a newer thing in the other verse canon but it was just sort of a funny thing like no you're not lost. Mm-hmm. 
this is an interesting story. And again, we're getting it hammered home that like their parents loved Rose more. Um, the fact that Rose admits that they only lost her one time is like so awful. It was like, okay, I'm glad that I know that, but also like Blake did not need to know that. Like you did not need to say anything. Like, God damn it. <sighs> so out of curiosity, because I mean, we know Rose is a vestige, right? Uh-huh. Vestige. So like, why do you think that um like a detail like this is something that grandma Rose changed? I mean, Rose never left her family. Like, she doesn't seem to be like, yeah, my parents were amazing, but she also doesn't, like, they weren't as awful to her. And I'm Mm -hmm. not sure if that is somehow important for what grandma would want her to do. But this is a, I mean, this seems like a formative memory for Blake. Um, So maybe grandma couldn't completely get rid of it or something. Or, like, wanted to use it but make it, like, numb it a little bit. I don't know. Um, Because, I mean, like, Rose has fewer connections within her family. Like, she doesn't like any of her cousins and thinks they're all horrible Mm -hmm. um, for the most part. But she also, like, stayed. I think maybe her staying was really important. And her having a lot of knowledge about the family um, was really important because Blake left and doesn't have a lot of information that maybe he could use. I don't know. Okay. I just was curious what your thoughts were on that. Briar Girl's sort of funny. It's interesting. <laughs> it's just like, hey, she made the Briscoe thing, so that makes sense. And her whole thing with her familiar. It's interesting that like I wonder if they think they're keeping up a facade where the familiar whether they're pretending that the familiar is not in charge. Um mm. or if he's just like, I don't want to fucking talk to humans like you do it um, or what's happening exactly, because this doesn't seem exactly like what I pictured with the like dominant familiar relationship. Like I kind of thought the human would be a lot more like a shell, but she still has like a lot of memories and a lot of things um, mm-hmm. and seems to still have like a lot of her own free will and is more of like a very obedient ish servant, possibly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, the, like, negotiations. I like, like, strategy of, like, I'll give you this much land whenever I'm allowed to. Like, (laughs) and, like, you can continue to get more if I live and if, like, you're nice to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I was like, too bad there's a demon buried under the house, so we can't do this. (laughs) Because it's... it's, (sighs) I don't get this. Like, Briar Girl seems to understand that, like, he can't, quote-unquote, move the house. I was like, why would you move the house? Why don't you just fucking leave? Like, I was like, why do you... Like, is it, like, because Barbatorum, I guess, it seems like there should be something more. And, like, Briar Girl seems to be like, oh, you don't understand. Like, there's something more going on here. But also, she wants the forest, which makes me think that there's not a demon buried under the forest. But then, like, why could... I don't know. Maybe she can take the forest and just not the house. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. It also made me sad that he's like, I want to destroy the Duchamps and the Behames. Because I was like, oh, Penny was cool. Like, I get that, that you know, 13-year-old tried to murder you, but I don't know. Like, from their perspective, they're living in their town and they're on top. And, like, there's, like, a fucking, like, Satan worshiper who can, like, fucking murder and worse than murder 
like everyone and everything. And I could understand if they're yeah. kind of like, we should deal with that. <laughs> yeah. In the same way that I can understand how they're like, oh, we have to destroy Laird because we can't whatever trust each other mm-hmm. and they won't ever trust us or whatever. But it's just like a bummer. I don't know. Yeah, that is a bummer. Like, like I think this is going to get more complicated um, and I'm worried Blake's going to like get stubborn and double down. But I mean, meeting Penny alone makes me real you know think like oh like this is gonna get more nuanced Mm -hmm. um and hopefully blake recognizes it i don't know yeah we'll see so yeah what did you think about um briar girls familiar it was cool like the whole like it's a big wolf but it's feathers i like that it's a bunny rabbit uh (laughs) i was also like oh this is a spirit like did we know that? Why does Blake know that? I guess we sort of knew that. I'm wondering, like, is it the spirit of, like, these woods in particular? Or, like, what exactly is this a spirit of? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really neat. And it seems like the Briar Girl, like, to me, it seems like she ran away from her life and came to this place. And, like, these are her friends. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me a lot of Blake that, like, Blake ran away from his life and, like, found friends in, like, the, like, misfits and, like, outcasts. And, like, Briar Girl ran away and found friends with, like, animals in the forest. And I'm like, oh, was she, like, really rich and ran away for some reason? Is that too cliche? Was she really poor and ran away? Is that too cliche? I'm also really curious about her teacher um, that she mentions later. I kind of feel like that was a practitioner that they died and that's why she left I don't really mm-hmm. know hmm. exactly or that they like sucked balls and so she ran away <laughs> from them <laughs> but it's it's neat and it seems like she has really struggled and in my opinion made a lot of bad choices but also like hopefully kind of knew what she was getting into at least mm-hmm. true she also was a lot more helpful than I expected like she was like I'm gonna tell you about like these architect demon things and like I'm gonna tell you about imps and I was like oh fuck we're gonna see imps like (laughs) and then my like self who's still in denial because she talks about the imps and like they'll run around for centuries and fuck everyone over and I was like was the goblin lady in Maggie's town an imp like was it not a goblin Mm. (laughs) I mean imps can't be that bad right if we remember reading worm like imp was kind of just like a fun you (laughs) know fun character yeah her mask was pretty scary (laughs) <laughs> but yeah uh we're gonna see imps and what happens to the fluff goblins or the fluff demons i mean you they're all in their little a- their little braziers getting toasty toasty you think this is gonna be like a cloud imp like toasty. a little like cotton candy imp a little like flimp fluff imp <laughs> <laughs> no the word imp doesn't sound so bad does it i mean it honestly doesn't sound that bad but it wasn't a great description (laughs) i was like oh man if you've if you heard imp before reading this chapter or these chapters like what would you think of i mean like possibly imp from parahumans um but also the the adventure zone that the mcelroy brothers do there's a section in one of the arcs where they fight a bunch of imps and it's like really uh, funny i haven't gotten there yet i don't think yeah it's in it's that a is a hilarious podcast um 
Yeah, it's really great. But yeah, and the, and the imp part is really funny, and I don't really want to spoil it or okay, the jokes. It. But okay, um, don't do it. They're just you know these little demonish things that create like mischief and shit. Okay, still going with that. All the all the bad goblin things are partially demons, even though uh, Rose kind of specifically pointed out that a lot of the things that create rot and stuff are probably just like goblins or things like that. I'm not, I'm, she might not be an imp. I just like, I don't know. She also was like, Barbatorum's like a goblin. Like, I think like, I mean, she didn't say Barbatorum is a goblin, but she did say like, you know, Grandma Rose is kind of iffy about classifications. Yeah. So. Right. Um, Which is kind of refreshing or something. I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't really think she's an imp, but I think she might be. I don't know. We're just throwing it out there. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, but I bet she's gonna I bet she's gonna come back. Maybe she's not. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I thought it was funny how he was talking to I almost just said Briar Rose. Weird. Okay. Um Is she sleeping beauty? Like now I'm just like, did she sleep for a long time? Anyway, Briar Girl. Blake's like, oh, yeah, you're a bad example of what to do. So tell me what you do so I don't fucking do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's pretty sort of rude. But also, like, I mean, he at least you went about it in a tactful yeah, way. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, if Rose becomes Blake's familiar, maybe it'll, like, speed up or finalize the, like, bleeding over effect. Like how Edith can't become Matthews because she'll, like, possess him and break her promise or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, oh fuck, maybe that is a bad idea, and maybe they won't do it. Maybe this is why. But mm. still think they're gonna do it because <laughs> that's what I said. That's what she said. All right. Well, Blake also goes over why his other family members would be a lot harder for Briar Rose to deal with than him. <laughs> um, why you said she Briar Rose? Just... Damn it. Okay. Well, you said it first, so <laughs> I know that's. I'm gonna blame you. It was nice getting this breakdown of the rest of the family, sort of again, or at least the other granddaughters. Like, we didn't really know anything about Kathy except that she was a mom. And I wonder how much they're really like playing this up in terms of like, she's a savage businesswoman and she'll like fuck everyone and like let the world burn so that she won't have to deal with this bullshit. I mean, his family's pretty bad. Yeah, they're pretty bad. And, like, they were saying, like, things in a way that was, like, caveated or whatever, because, like, maybe Kathy wouldn't. But also, like, uh, I just thought it was sort of funny. They were like, ah. And then they define Ellie as a career criminal. And I was like, that's a lot? Like, is she? Like, what? <laughs> I hope his family isn't this bad. But also, like, this was interesting. Like, Rose was like, oh, I know more about them than Blake does. And I was like... No, but you you know more about like possibly altered versions of these people. Like, is mm. this? Are you saying lies that are going to fuck Blake over? Like the idea that she would like barely need an excuse to use demons is real severe. Yeah. Roxanne was sort of funny, where he was just like, I don't know, and she was like, one time she like got this bitch fired, and I was like, okay, <laughs> she reminds <laughs> me of like a shitty Fernanda, you know, mm. like shitty in terms of like a worse person, but also like a worse like worse at manipulating people um mm, just inferior in every way i was also relieved when it was like oh and like the baby is she's young 
and you're gonna have to wait forever. It wasn't like the baby's a piece of shit. Like I just. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's like what's yeah. happening with Ivy? Um, yeah, and then Paige. Oh my God! Wait, sorry. Is Ivy named Ivy because Ivy's a plant like Rose? <laughs> I feel like that might be stretching it a little bit. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what about all the other women and what, where are their plant names? Yeah, they didn't, they weren't smart enough to think about it. Blake's parents had 58 years to think about it and they were like, this, look at it. This is our one shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's definitely it. That's gotta cool. be it. Cool. Um, and then Paige, I like that Blake loves and respects Paige. Um, and it made me think like, is Paige last not because grandma hates her, but because she's like the last hope, like in a relay race, you put your best person last, but like, you also know the last person is going to run in a relay race. You don't know that Paige is going to end up inheriting. I still need to figure that out, but it's fine. Oh, Blake manages to come to an agreement um, with Briar Girl without totally fucking himself over. So, yay! Yeah, good job. Um, Claiming, like, threatening to claim part of the forest as a domain is, like, real funny. And, like, I love it. Like, he's just like, "Mm, if I have a domain right here, you can't. (laughs) She's like, ha, I'm gonna... You could tell she was real smug that she, like... Did you figure that Got out? Got one over on him, and then they're just like, oh, well, I might, I'll just make my domain right the fuck in the middle. And then she's like, fine, take it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was kind of exciting. And um, so hopefully this doesn't blow up in their face. And like I said, Briar Girl actually seems pretty forthcoming and relatively um, useful which is cool. Mm-hmm. And she seems yes. to have some, you know, more specific training and stuff. Um, she knows about Faye, stuff like that. So it was kind of nice. That's kind of nice. And I guess the last thing from this little section is like Blake's running through all the potential people in town that they could get on their side or whatever, but he only talks about the practitioners. And I'm like, damn it, Blake. Like, if you got all of the others to be like, no. Um, like, I mean, I guess getting all the others is hard and a lot of them might be like bound by practitioners and whatever, but I feel like not being like, oh, and Patrick is like dumb, <laughs> but maybe don't talk to Patrick cause he'll fuck you up. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, um, I feel like after that whole pizza thing <laughs> with like all the others freaking him out, it might not be his first thought to like, these guys can be my new BFFs, you know? Maybe. Blake ends up leaving and going to make some more glamour paste weird stuff. Um, uses that to change his appearance and then goes to talk with Maggie. I'm thinking about it and I'm like, oh, you didn't tell him that he could just use the fucking glamour. Maybe that's why it worked so well. He like made the paste instead. Of, I mean, I guess glamour is still like glitter stuff. Like maybe he would have had to somehow extract it from the hair, but like he still made the paste stuff. I wonder if that did something. I don't know. Um, but I like how he held the door open for Rose when he gets back to the house. Like, mm-hmm. Blake also forgets she's not physically there. And I was like, well, thank you, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this was scary just because it's like, 
why is the glamour so easy? Like Blake keeps thinking like, oh, I couldn't doubt and I couldn't whatever. And so I didn't. And so maybe he's like that good at convincing himself, but also like what else is going on? Is it the way he prepared the glamour? Is it that he's a hollow? Is it a trap? Um, hmm. I was a little surprised it took Maggie so long to figure out that it was Blake. He was like, well, we talked yesterday and like, oh, the mirror girl and like, oh, the whatever. And I guess like you shouldn't jump to conclusions in this universe. But he had to literally show her the mirror, you know? I mean, also to be fair, though, like so far it's been established that Blake doesn't have much power. Right. That's true. I'm like everyone's after him and this is it's really impressive. And yeah. Yeah. Also, it, I had to read it like four times because Rose says, Rose says crud when Maggie's like the, the holder of the whistle controls Dick's whistle, which is a great name. <laughs> um, and then Rose says crud. And I was and it's like, I could see Maggie's father react. And I was like, is it because she said crud? Like, is it the whistle that makes it so Maggie can't swear? Like, I was like, is it like, like, is she just a prude? Like, what's going on? Like, whatever. And then I was like, oh. It's because she's a girl in a fucking mirror. <laughs> like, <laughs> I once again <laughs> forgot that Rose, like, isn't just standing there. Um, I'm pretty sure he was like, oh, what the fuck? Like, and I wonder if he could see her. I mean, obviously he could hear her. He he is aware, but I'm not sure, you know, like what level that's at or whatever. But that was sort of funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just like Rose not getting the blue balls joke and Rose being like crud. It's just like, it's kind of funny. She's cute. That's kind of funny. Also, how funny is it that like a goblin practitioner out of everyone can't swear? Swear. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's just like Wildbo's way of kind of like taming it down. Cause same with Toad Swallow, he like gets all the goblins to not swear. And I mean that's sort of a funny thing and a thing around the 13 year olds or whatever. But maybe he Are knows thinking, that like less is more kind of. Are you thinking this story is gonna be tame? No, but I think that with, like, dicks, like, I think that, like, less is more. Hmm. And if Maggie was like, oh, fuck shit, cunt, like, it might not be as impactful. But then it's, like, it's it's not like mm. Toad Swallow, who you can see occasionally doing things. I don't know. It's just an interesting, like, duality. Right, well, we will see if the rest of the goblins follow her lead with that uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, plain language. <laughs> Yeah, so then this, like, like I mentioned, this whole, like, Rose seems to understand that, like, the goblin's going to listen to her and not to Blake. It seems to have something to do with, like, her having more control over the ghosts or the echoes and stuff. A brief comment. It's funny that Maggie can't even say dick. Like, that sucks, Maggie. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, rough. That's rough. Um, But, yeah, like, like, Rose seems to know what's going on. It's annoying that she hasn't told Blake what's going on. Um, and like Rose is the one, like, I think Blake is holding the whistle, but like, I mean, Ro- Rose is not holding the whistle, right? But like, Rose is the one who can control Dick's whistle. Um, hmm. And it was an interesting parallel at the end with like Leonard come and like Dick's whistle come. And I'm just like, so like, I need to know. <laughs> I need to understand. You better fucking tell me in the next chapter because otherwise I'm going to like pull a like when Scott would talk about in like Worm how he gets like really annoyed when authors like keep things from the reader for no reason. Mm -hmm. I normally don't care 
but like I'm gonna care. <laughs> Because this is officially, like, I mean, I guess, like, if, you know, we have to get to a more secluded area or whatever, but, like, I need to know what's going on. Oh, you'll, you'll see. What if this is, um, this would be dumb. What if this is, like, Blake is the real vestige and Rose is the real person? Dun, dun, mm. dun. Is that going to be your bold and specific nope. prediction? <laughs> nope. That's not going to be a prediction at all. You're just like, that's too stupid. <sighs> yeah, I feel I feel like I don't want to necessarily label anything as like too stupid because um, I what if it happens? I don't want to be mean, but it's not it's not a great thought. It's it, that feels very like it was a dream. Hmm. Does it? I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't make me this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> just okay well i'm just saying that would have been a great bold and specific prediction <laughs> if you wanted to say that flakes in the Wait. matrix no i'm okay Wait, you just think it's too ridiculous to happen yes all right or like too cliche is that cliche the like none of this was super actually real because rose was the real person and you were the not real person I mean, it's sort of in, like, nothing that Blake is experiencing is, like, actually happening. Not that, like, Rose existed all along and then somehow Blake got swapped into that reality and no one knows that that was what happened. I feel like we're spending too long on this. Like, now probably. I'm to get worried. I think this is <laughs> No, probably. No, I mean, I'm just, like, to. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but it doesn't really read cliche to me, I guess, because it's, okay. like, I don't know, just because it's, so like, the thought of a vestige is so different than just like because it's not yeah. even saying it obviously yeah, the stuff is all happening right now so like is it happening i don't know you saw the matrix didn't you i did <laughs> would you choose the steak dinner and the fancy stuff even though knowing it was fake uh i feel like i wouldn't want to betray like everyone who was cool for it but like I probably yeah. would eat the steak dinner knowing it was fake. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's reasonable. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think now, kind of sad because that was such a great bold and specific prediction. <laughs> but if you insist on not making that an actual prediction, we will move on um, to what your actual bold and specific prediction is. Yay. So, Yay. Um, yeah, so I think that Laird's Revenge, which is happening today or tomorrow, fuck, um, very soon, will involve something getting into the house. Part of me wants to be like something getting into Rose's Mirror World, but no, we're going to go with the house. And I, I don't know if this is like the Witch Hunters, like I sort of guessed at one point, um, but I think that we're going to breach <laughs> something. <laughs> All right. Do you think the breaching is going to be into? Um, so you think Laird is going to do, be doing the breaching, or do you think Blake? I think do Laird the is going to orchestrate something breaching into Hillsglade House. Okay. I don't think it'll be Laird, unless he shows up at the end like a cop and he's like, "Oh, it's a crime scene." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. great imitation. Thank you. Um, all right. 
<laughs> so, well, now we'll move on into our um, pale in comparison section. And let's talk about the glamour. Um, so we were kind of saying like Briar Girl gave us some more information about glamour. Um, as you're saying, like there's some stuff that Blake still needs to know that he hasn't learned, but there's some new information that we've gotten as well. Yeah, the whole like you have to leave a tell. Um, I don't remember that from Pale. I mean, they turn into cats and shit, and I don't remember them being like, make sure your eyes look like you're a real eyes. Like, I just, like, don't get it. I'm not sure if that's, like, bad advice or what. I mean, Blake seemed to be concerned about, like, getting unanchored from reality or something. Mm-hmm. But maybe... Avery hasn't turned into a deer yet, which would be cool. But, like, maybe them choosing, like, the fox and the cat all the time helps with anchoring it to themselves somehow. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Or, like, I mean, that's sort of a tell, you know? If you see a bunch of foxes run up and stare at you, like, it's Lucy. Okay. Um, But, yeah, I I don't fully get or, under you know, I don't get that, but it was kind of neat. Um, Also, just the, yeah, he makes it into a paste. Like, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, no, you don't do that. Like, just, like, sprinkle, sprinkle. And, like, you know tug and pull and shape into the thing and like like not being taught about it from a fairy is really interesting because it's it feels a little bit more straightforward with Briar Girl being like I'll do this but it also feels like a little inaccurate um Mm -hmm. and it doesn't come with like the oh fuck this is from a fairy I gotta be careful um like is somebody gonna snap Blake and back into this like 30 year old man or whatever and like will that be a problem (laughs) will it be like ah like I can tell that you use this a lot. Like you're a 30 year old man again. <laughs> Is he 30? Well, I, he said he aged himself like 10 years or something with the glamour, right? Yeah. So that was just like an approximation. I thought he was around 20. Oh, I think I just misunderstood what you're saying. I thought you were saying like the glamour is going to break and he's going to turn back into a 30 year old man. Oh, so no, I was no, no. like, okay. Like when, when, um, Shelly like turns Verona into a cat or whatever. Mm, yeah. She can she can tell that, that was a thing or whatever. Um mm-hmm. like he doesn't know anything about the traps and potential downfalls. Um at least he understands that like proof like that glamour could break. Um it seemed like his glamour was breaking incredibly easily when Maggie was said his name. Um mm. I don't know if that has to do with the fact that like it also worked incredibly easily um or if blake is shaken that easily or if just you know names are really significant but i mean i don't so i mean i guess if you look at the trio yeah like they acknowledge that verona's the cat but like they know she's using glamour and stuff like that so it's like she's still her but i feel like if someone else was to call her out on that Hmm. it might i don't think we've seen anyone specifically call them out on like not being what they appear, you know? Yeah, that's true. So I'm like, I don't know, maybe the tell thing also has to do with how long they're in the glamour for. Like if they're planning on being in the glamour for, and it might just be a thing where like he wasn't taught by a, a fae. Um, but it's like just kind of a good rule of thumb to have a tell so that you don't get like lost um, because it's so real. It right. Real. It's, it seems to make a lot of sense. It was just sort of like, wait, why have I, why do I not understand what you're talking about? Like why? And it could just be that I wasn't paying attention. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. remember 
that ever being like mentioned as an important thing. Um, mm. I don't remember them disguising themselves as other people. Um, so maybe that's well, except for Kel. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't told to. I don't know, man. That's true. That was just for like a pretty short time. So maybe it wasn't thought that it was necessary to, or maybe it's just because it's Marissa and she's right trying to fuck them over or whatever. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like stuff like this really makes me wonder what it was like for y'all reading Pale because you just have like a lot of information about glamour and how it works. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems like a lot of, like, I wonder if you learned all the information we learned in Pale about glamour impact. You know, like, did you go completely mm-hmm. understanding or were you like, oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah, being like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, grounded into this ink thing. That makes sense. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> But I don't really understand how they turn the the petals into glamour i just sort of assumed they like picked it and like crushed it or it just sort of dissolved or something i don't know i think it says that i want to say it said somewhere like for on a like her Mashes rose it up thing. Or something. i think you could crush the petals into yeah. glamour okay that makes sense i think yeah i was like oh maybe blake can like do like fairy stuff and be a fairy practitioner but then i was like oh yeah he already has like the stink of a diabolist which sucks I wonder if that's like the True. karma passed down um, from person to person in their family slash he interacted with Barbatorum for like, you know, three and a half seconds. So, all right, it's time for our previous week's discussion question. Our question was, if you wanted, or I'm sorry, if someone wanted you to torture someone else, what food or drink could they offer you to make you more likely to say yes? So, our first person, and I'm not going to lie, this might be my favorite answer just by how weird it is, from Hobo Demon, basically said, cursed ice cream. So this is their description. So I'm like, you do you, Hobo Demon. Um, <laughs> but they said, give me some of that Jenny's Everything bagel ice cream as a sundae with some char-grilled eel filet on the bottom, banana mm. split style, <laughs> and a savory whipped cream with like various herbs and MSG sprinkles <laughs> and a black garlic syrup and serve it in a bowl made of woven bacon. No. They were saying if someone offered me unsolicited cursed ice cream flavor experiences like that, they already get how I work so well that they'd probably be able to talk me into doing the thing. <laughs> I mean, live your truth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, that wouldn't work on me, but then again, like, I I do appreciate the creativity. And Indeed. is that a real ice cream flavor? Because that sounds terrible. <laughs> Which I guess is the point. But like... Somebody try it. Ooh, maybe we can make... Somebody, like, tweet at um, Pale Reflect Cast and make them do it on the Pale live stream. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't... Like, just as another Jenny... Jenny's ice cream. I don't know. Like, I'm not convinced. <laughs> wow. It looks like it's a real fucking ice cream. The fuck is this? It's oh, like, I'd try the everything bagel ice cream. I'd try it. I mean, I would try it, but I don't think I'd like it. 
I wouldn't get a big scoop. Okay, listen, this is a description. So everything bagel ice cream is a buttery streusel laden with sesame, poppy seeds, and yes, onion and garlic smeared Ooh. throughout subtly cream, uh, sweet cream cheese ice cream. I don't know. It's like sesame, poppy seeds, good. Onion and garlic. Onion and garlic. Bad. And ice cream. <laughs> I and mean, I know Gilroy, what is it? Like, um, is it Gilroy the Garlic California? Festival? Yeah. Yeah, there's a garlic uh, festival in California and apparently they do garlic ice cream weirdly i almost trust those guys more <laughs> because they're like probably garlic obsessed either that or that fried their taste buds i don't know it's one way or the other so um but anyway <laughs> <laughs> anyway <Sorry>. um <laughs> macy one would like a lifetime supply of kinder buenos um i bet jenny would also somewhat agree she loves kinder I freaking love Kinder, bro. <laughs> they also said um, if they had to pick just one meal, um, there's this heavenly brownie dessert from a restaurant in their hometown um, that they would also love. See, I don't know, Hobo Demon. Those both sound better, but I mean, I, I get what you're saying, man. But anyway, <laughs> um, <clears throat> next, um, Jarl Zarl also said that they want ice cream, that that would work for them unspecified flavor unspecified <laughs> i'm guessing it's not hobo demons but you never know maybe that's their maybe that's like their default they're like what do you mean i always get everything bagel ice cream like all right um yeah um prof deadpool would like a nice steak and whiskey singachi i'm gonna probably butcher this it doesn't look like that it's that hard to say but it almost look it's deceptive that way uh low bock go um, which they put in parentheses, turnip cakes, which mm. that sounds intriguing. I don't think I've ever heard of that before, but um, I'd, I'd try it for sure. <laughs> um, Koala's DLP would like death by chocolate, which fair. Yeah. I mean, I'll hopefully, I mean, they probably wouldn't quite kill you because they still want you to like do the murder or torture or whatever. <laughs> um <laughs> Unless yeah, maybe like, it's like here's a small taste, and then and then you afterwards do the death by chocolate to someone else. <laughs> Be like, here, this is the kind of torture we're thinking of. Um, go ahead and, I mean, if you had to die, I mean, okay, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, that probably wouldn't be a good way to die, but you know, it's one of those things. It's like, oh, chocolate's good, so it couldn't be that bad, right? Probably wouldn't be that good. I feel like, anyway. I digress. Um, next person, bisexual punch party says that they would want to go to a steakhouse because even if they, you know, you end up saying no, you get a free steak dinner. Yep. Which that's a good point. That's a good point. Captain Rhino says alcohol or something to lower inhibitions. So Captain Rhino like was like literally, this would probably make me look <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Not this would appeal to my, but like, I mean, yeah. alcohol, you know, yeah. I mean, fair enough, you know, like, I guess that's definitely the more practical way of <laughs> going about it. <laughs> um, next, Napalm Eagle. Um, they did mention they were kind of disappointed that we missed the opportunity to ask, what would you do for a Klondike bar? <laughs> um, so they decided to answer, well, they would like a Klondike bar and they would torture or kill for it. <laughs> so... <laughs> Thank you, Napalm Eagle. <laughs> Maggie is best, especially in 2.x. 2. Se- 2. 
aka Kippos, <laughs> says that they would like the beating heart of a recently dead god. Like, I feel like Captain Rhino was like, literally, this thing would make me le- more likely to say, yeah, I'll torture someone. And Kippos was like, if I was a practitioner, how could I maximize this? Which is very much her speed, and I very much respect. For sure. I respect that. That's a lot more thought than I would put into it. Um, <laughs> last but lo- not least, Wolf Tamer 9 says they would like some boba, which mm. I'm not going to lie. That's still that's pretty solid. I haven't had boba in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that probably should change because it's yeah, delicious. It's great. it's great. Okay. Um. Well, we're come to our discussion question for the week. Um, if you had to pick one Thorburn besides Blake or Rose to deal with um, as a practitioner, or I guess just in life because it seems like everybody else hates them too um who would you choose yeah so like to like to like go against one-to-one right because obviously like everyone would want to hang out with molly and page but like molly and page might fuck you up (laughs) um i feel like ivy's cheating um don't beat up on two-year-olds y'all it's not cool i mean yeah but we did say (laughs) if that's what your moral code tells you you ought to do then I guess you got to live that. But it's truth. also like, who would you pick? I mean, you also theoretically could say like, well, if Ellie's gonna be bringing in demons left and right, maybe it is more morally just to pick Ivy than to inflict <laughs> demons on the world. You know, fair. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and review. To support our podcast, please become a Patreon at patreon.com slash doofmedia. If you'd like to support Wildbow as he continues to write fantastic stories, go to patreon.com slash wildbow. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Pale Comparison or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans, where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you'd like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Also, if you'd just like to check and see what we're doing at Doof, um, feel free to go to our website at www.doofmedia.com. We've got all our information about shows and any new announcements or anything pop up there from time to time so feel free to take a look and our fun fact for the week it is impossible to hum while holding your nose and i know all of you just tried it (laughs) it didn't work unless you are a freak of nature um or opened your mouth or open yeah or cheated uh (laughs) (laughs) all right have a good week guys bye